copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. All countries police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 275. Riding a person to spy in Broadway. Assist the officer. That's all. authority who knows what he's talking about, you give him your undivided attention. That's why so many motorists listen to the drivers of police cars, ambulances, fire engines, and other emergency equipment when they talk about gasoline. These men who drive the most know the most about gasoline. They're the foremost authority on what a motor fuel should do, how it should perform. And so it really means something when these experts recommend Rio Grande Crush as the gasoline that meets every test of every emergency in any kind of weather. It really means something, not only to us, but to you. The fact that Rio Grande powers more police and fire department emergency equipment wherever it is sold than any other brand. That endorsement of this better gasoline has led tens of thousands to make their own tests has brought them the unequal benefits of police car performance in their own cars. If you have not done so, I invite you to try Rio Grande Crash. Test it from every angle. And when you finish, you'll be as enthusiastic as the rest of us over its quicker starting, smoother acceleration, maximum speed, greater power, and real money-saving mileage. Get that tankful in the morning, friends, and you'll understand why Rio Grande Crash is the most highly recommended gasoline sold in the West. The facts upon which the story we are about to hear are based have been taken from the confidential files of one of the most widely known detectives in the West. We have therefore asked Mr. Nick Harris to open our program. Thank you, Dr. Lindsley. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasure to take my place among the law enforcement officers of the West who have appeared on this program and to endorse the ideals for which it stands. I have probably learned one thing more completely from my many years of investigative work than any other fact. That is, that crime of any sort cannot pay. Dollars are not the greatest cost through crime, despite the fact that billions are paid out annually towards its suppression and to its criminals. The supreme price of the evil created by criminals of our land is found in the moral in the heart and in the souls of those affected directly or indirectly by crime. The story we are about to hear exemplifies most completely that statement, which has become almost exclusive, that crime of any sort cannot fail. Approaching the waiting room of a large department store in Los Angeles, Detective Nick Harris was wondering why his operative had insisted he personally take charge of what appeared to be a routine shoplifting arrest. Glad you could come, Mr. Harris. It's really an unusual case, or I wouldn't have asked you. What's unusual about a shoplifter? You've never had any trouble taking care of one before. It's the girl sitting over there on the bench. That girl? Mm-hmm. She's nothing but a child. Not more than 14. I know. 
That's why the owner of the store refuses to prosecute her. What did she take? Her very good silk stockings. You can see that she's dressed well enough. It's not a case of actual need. You're right. If she gets off too easily this time, she may try again. And when they get away with it a few times, it becomes a habit. You've always told me preventing crimes was more important than solving them. Okay, I'll talk to her. She'll be less frightened if you're not around. Well, I'll get back to work then. You did the right thing in calling me. You see how it works out. Well, young lady, what's all this about? I don't know. Honest, I don't. You don't know? You admit you did take the stockings, didn't you? Yeah, I took them. I mean, I don't know why I did it. Honest, I don't. Oh, come now. We both know that. You wanted them. And either couldn't or didn't want to pay for them. You did want the stockings, didn't you? I guess so. I don't know. I tell you. Oh, here, here, here. Now, that'll never do. What's your name, young lady? Pearl, sign. Well, Pearl, for your sake, we've got to think this thing out. The only people who get into trouble are the ones who don't think straight, or the ones who refuse to think of the consequences. Everybody's always telling me to think. In school and at home and every place. I can't do anything I want to do. You want to steal? I told that woman I'd never do it again. I'm telling you, I'll never steal again as long as I live. Now, believe me, Pearl, I'm not trying to be hard-hearted. But I know how easy it is to... Uh, let's talk about something else. Tell me about your home. What do you want to know about it? Why, about your father and mother and what your interests are? Well, my mother's a widow. She has to work in a laundry and we're terribly poor. Pearl... I'll check up on what you tell me. But I'm telling you the truth. Honest, I am. Okay, go ahead. Mother has to work such long hours that my sister has to take care of the baby and me. My sister's only a little bit older than I am. Uh-huh. Now, Pearl, I'm going to ask you something, and I want you to tell me the truth. I want to help you, and the only way I can is for you to have complete confidence in me. I have. You've been nice. Fine. You needn't be afraid, whatever your answer is. Pearl, have you ever taken anything like this before? Now, before you answer, let me explain why I asked. You say you don't know why you did it. Well, some people do it because they just can't help it. They're just a little sick in their minds, and they can be cured easily if we know that's why they take things. Oh, no, I never took anything before in my whole life. Honest, I didn't. All right, Pearl. And you're never going to again. But I'll take you home. Home? Oh, please, please, sir. I'd die if they knew anything about this. Don't you realize how lucky you are in being taken home instead of the police station? But, Ma, give me an awful licking. I just know you will. I didn't say I'd tell them. But they'll know right away if I'm dragged home by a cop. I, I, I mean... Just what do you mean? Uh, how would they know? I don't know. I don't know. Come on, Pearl. We're going home to see just how much you do know. Get home. You'll get a lick and you'll never forget. Wait a minute. 
I've done everything I can in talking to her and bringing her home. But we know her now, and the next time we catch her, it'll be a long time before she comes home. I'm sure Pearl won't ever do it again. And thank you very much for not arresting her this time. This time, huh? I'll never, never do it again. Pearl, you have every chance for a happy life if you keep that promise. in the maze of police duties, many of them with a less promising outcome. Several months later, Detective Harris was called to a Fifth Street department store. With him went two of his operatives, Mrs. Lillian Brooks and Lulu Lane. This cashier has been taking money for some time. I'm going to look the situation over, and then it's going to be up to you girls. Is the management sure about it? No, that's why they called us in. Well, if they can't find anything by checking sales, she must be smart. See, they gave me the location of her desk. I want to come up from the back. Yeah, there she is. You should stay here where she can't see you. I'll be back. Why, hello, Pearl. Oh, what are you doing here? Setting up on me? <laughs> Just shopping, Pearl. I'm glad to see you're helping the family by working. How do you like your job? Oh, oh I like it much. It's well. That's right. I, I want to thank you for everything you did for me. I've been behaving myself just like I promised. Well, I had hopes for you, Pearl. Oh, now you can just forget all about me. No, I never forget anyone I've had to help. But this isn't getting my shopping done. <laughs> well, well, I hope I never see you again, unless you're shopping. Goodbye, Pearl. Goodbye. Walking ahead of me toward the exit. That was Pearl Stein. Does she have a record? Not yet, but I'm afraid it won't be long now. The catch is from here. Lillian, tomorrow morning you're going to have a job as sales lady here. You're going to be in a spot where you can watch every move Pearl makes. And I'm going to find out what she does at night, huh? Right. I'll send Hazel Brown to work with you. Meet her outside the employee's entrance when the store closes and stay with Pearl until she's tucked into bed. I knew you were thinking of before you said it. Why well, I said why? 
Despite Pearl Stein's attitude, she was unheard of for over a year. Then reports of death from department stores totaling thousands of dollars made store operators wonder if Pearl had graduated into big-time shoplifting. Among them was Ula Lane, who called a girl and a man through the entrance of one of the largest stores. Marie, come on and take a walk with me. We may have some work to do. Sure, Lulu, but I thought this was your day off. There it is. But that's Pearl Stein ahead of us. She's with the fellow with the one arm. Does she have a record? Not no price that I know of. We've been wondering about her. Hey, they're heading for the dress department. How does she work? I don't know what her style is now, but she knows me, so I'll go over and wait by the door. I get it. If she lifts something, I'll give you the business and you nab her if she goes out. Yeah. If she goes in the dressing room, get chummy with the boyfriend. It'll be easy to. I'm practically in his lap right now. And even though it does cost $500, it'll make you look just marvelous in my next picture. Don't you think so, Charles? Why don't you tie it on, maybe? I think I will. To get him to ride over here, Miss, may I help you? Oh, that's all right. It won't take me a minute. I know I'm going to like it. I'll be right back, Charles. I'll be here. Will you excuse me? I have another customer. Sure. Okay. I'll have a smoke. Oh, excuse me, but did you tell me which way the dressing rooms are? Huh? Oh, okay. Right over there. Oh, there. I was told to meet someone, but I, I don't see them. Come along later. Can you have a seat? <laughs> Thank you. Cigarette? Oh, you're very kind. I don't imagine you're alone. <laughs> no. Not in this department. <laughs> I bet the girl's buying a wedding gown. Not for blood. She's getting a swell outfit. She's got a contract. Pictures. Oh, how marvelous. Mm-hmm. Here she comes now. Where's the dress, honey? I left it in the dressing room. Who's this thing? Mm-hmm. Waiting for somebody. Ah, clerk. Yes, sir. I'll take that dress. But I just remembered I have to be at the studio in half an hour. Oh, will you take it apart, Johnny? Certainly, ma'am. Where is it? I left it in the dressing room. Here's $5 on it. The name's Pearl Stone. Come on, honey. You'll be late. Oh, oh, may I walk to the entrance with you? I always wanted to talk to an actress. No, we're in a hurry. Just a minute, Pearl. Huh? You! Yeah, me. Up to your old tricks again, huh? Listen, you have to face old... Say, you haven't got a thing on me. Well, we'll... What'd you get, Marie? Plenty. It's a new gag on me. Well, I'll be. I left that dress in the dressing room, so you take your paws off me. You wasn't that fat around the waist when she went in there. Who well, that's it. You wrap the dress around your waist under your own dress. Yeah. That isn't the dress on the bear. It's me. Okay, then you must have eaten it. And that's against the law, too. Come on. <laughs> Stein pleaded guilty and was sentenced to six months in the city jail, her youth acting in her favor. Upon her release, she was watched every time she entered the store. Pearl was now a master lifter and was fast becoming an expert criminal. If you're going to do any shopping in this store, Pearl, I'm going to come along and help you. I don't need any store to help me shop. I'm just the same you're going to get that kind of help every time you go near anything that can be picked up. Save a lot of time. I can't even go in this drugstore without one of you following me. Well, I'm just curious about the number of times you go in drugstores. This makes a ninth one today. All right, Steve. You'll find out anyhow. I want a 10 cent bottle of Paragoy. Paragoy? Say, are you drinking this stuff? No. Well, what about feeding it? That wasn't the hat you were wearing when you went in the store. I just bought this hat, Cobbler. You let me get your hands off me. You didn't buy anything, Pearl. But you 
did put your old hat on the rack and walk out with this one that you've been trying on. Oh, yeah. And what's this falls under your blouse? If you're putting on weight there, it's a mighty funny place. Come on. Oh, all right. What's the difference? I might as well be a... you head for when you got out of jail the second time is a dress store. I've been out three months. Hey, listen, who are you anyway? I don't believe you know me at that, Pearl. You're too hopped up. Where are you getting the stuff? I don't know what you're talking about. I work in this store. Oh, so you work here. Well, tell me why you were heading for the entrance with that dress over your arm. I was going to the buyer's office with it. My mistake, Pearl. But if you go out that door with that dress, you'll know how long you'll go up for this time. Well, there she goes, Hazel. She's so high she doesn't even know what she's doing. Let's go get her. All right, Pearl. Take it easy. Take it away from me. Hold her, Hazel. I've got it. Hey, I'll get you for this. I've got it. I've got it. After serving her third prison term, Pearl Stein was not seen for over a year. Then, after arresting two men who had been systematically robbing public telephone pay stations, Detective Harris went to an apartment on South Main Street in search of a man who had been making master keys to the coin boxes. With him went to Detective Lieutenant. Just nobody's at home. Uh, maybe it's a break. Just have to work for you. Look around. Well, I don't see any key making machinery in this room, boys, anyway. We need that. Wait a minute. Somebody in the next room. Well, I'll be. Pearl Stein. What are you doing here? Open that door, Pearl. Come on. You can't get out the back way. Well, you're going to open it? All right, let's break it open. What'd you throw out that window, Pearl? What's it to you, copper? Oh, you haven't had your shot yet this morning, have you? You're in a bad humor. Well, we'll just have to go down and see for ourselves what you threw out. No, no. No, don't do that. Oh, don't do that to me. All right, then suppose you tell us what this is all about. Well, well, I've been living here with Ed Farley and his wife. Yeah, go on. I didn't throw anything out the window. But if you find something down there, you'll think I did. Oh, stop beating around the bush. I don't want to go up for that. Oh, you just can't send me up for it. Think I'll be giving a break. What are you talking about? I threw about 60 of those master keys out the window. So you messed up in that racket now. No, no, I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm just living here with Ed and his wife. Well, what are you getting hysterical about it for, then? Because I... I threw something else out. Oh, you got to give me a break. If I went up for that, it'd kill me. What was it? Hypodermic needles. Four. Four hypodermic needles. So you're peddling dope. No, no, I'm not. Well, you've got to let me go. You've got to. I can't stand it. Shut up. Now listen to me. First, I want to know about Farley and these keys. If you're not mixed up in that, why'd you try to get rid of them? Oh, come on, talk. Jim and his wife have been nice to me. I was trying to protect him. All right. Now I'll tell you what I'll do for you, Pearl. I'll give you a break if you tell me where Farley makes his keys and where I can get him. How do I know you're letting me off? I've always been on the square with you, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Then go ahead and spill it. Well, I don't make the keys. A guy by the name Jim Candless makes them. I'll give you his address. What was Farley doing with them? He was selling them to young punks for $25 a piece. He's only sold two so far, I know that. The break for everybody. Will Farley come back here? Yeah, he'll be here. I'll bet you got to let me get away first. All right, Pearl. But we'll get you sooner or later if you keep on peddling that stuff. I won't do it no more. I promise. Yeah, yeah. I've heard your promises before. It just happens that I couldn't have sent you up for that anyhow today, or I would have. What do you mean? 
I'd have to get you in the act of peddling it or catch it with it on you. And you made me rat on it. Why, you double-crossing heel! Oh, no, I'm not. I told you you'd go in for it sooner or later, and I'm probably saving Farley and his wife from becoming addicts, if they're not already. Yeah, yeah, I guess they're right. I'm going to go eat, Mr. Harris. I'm going to try to get a new start. Well, I'll hope for a miracle, Pearl. But I think you gave yourself your last chance when you decided to live your own life. You've been living it, but I don't think you're going to much longer. Dying did leave Los Angeles, but instead of going east to a new start in life, he went to San Francisco. He found new companions, and the only change he made was to switch from morphine to cocaine, quicker, quicker action, more responsive to her dead nerves. In a large building, a doctor visited a new patient. Come in, please. Sit right there. Doc, I don't feel so good. I feel like Well, sometimes I think I'm dying. Yes, go on. I don't know what's the matter with me. I've never been sick before. Young woman, what's the real reason that made you come to me? I don't know. I don't know. You know as well as I do. Yeah, I know. I was just got to do something for me. A sanitarium is the only place that can do anything for anyone in your condition. No, no. No, you've got to do something for me where I'm not locked up. The only solution to your problem. The only hope. And frankly, I can't guarantee the results of that. Oh, uh, well, all right. I'm sorry I covered that. Don't you even want to try to do something for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Mighty instruments are shiny. What do you call this one? That's a scalpel. Please put it down. I bet it's sharp. I bet you could kill somebody and I can do with it. Will you please put that down? No, I won't. You know what I'm going to do with it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut your face to ribbons. You're crazy. Yeah, that's it. I'm crazy. That's what's the matter with me. I've been that way for a long time. So don't you think you better do what I tell you? Yes, yes, of course I will. Uh, anything at all. Well, then, listen. You're gonna give me treatment. And you're not gonna say one little word to the cop. If you do, I'll get you. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Uh, I won't, I won't go to the police. I promise. You, you promise? Yes. I'll have you all fixed up in a jiffy. Now, just... Go out of my waiting room. Leave the scalpel here. There. That's fine. I'll be right with you as soon as I call a special nurse for you. Very nice, Doctor. I made a promise once, but I didn't keep it. Give me the police department, quickly. I heard that! Say you're not going to do that to me! You can tell enough when they get here that you'll kill me! Come away from that window! Get back, I tell you! Remember, friends, all automobiles look alike in the dealer's showroom. It's what goes into the gas tank and the crankcase that makes the difference. And to make certain that the difference is in your favor, see to it that your gas tank gets real police car performance, real grand crash, that your crankcase gets real lube, or real grand Pennsylvania, the motor oils that can't be broken down by engine heat or slowed up by the coldest kind of weather. And now, Mr. Harris. Thus, Pearl Stein ended her career of crime. Hers was a life that was completely wasted. The story proves again that crime is a losing proposition. Thank you, Mr. Harris. 